Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast, episode number 185. I'm putting this up May 10th, 2021 for patrons, May 12th for all the plebs. This is a weekly show covering all the games made in Canada and the people who create them. My name's Steven, spelled P-H-N-A, so you'd think it's Stefan, as many barista do, but no, it is Steven, like it was spelled with a V, which doesn't make much sense. Uh, slightly more sense, my co-host Steven, spelled with a P-H and an E, but we pronounce it Steven, and we just say Steve, so it's Steven Steve. Mm-hmm. And uh, both that introduction and our names are never repetitive or boring or confusing, ever. Not to me, anyways. Not to me either. How you doing, Steve? We took a week off. You had a bit of a hectic last weekend. Uh, house stuff. Yeah, and Sophia is just like just on crazy sleep, like <laughs> schedule right now. Like she's napping right now, and which basically <clears throat> just confirms that I'll be up until like two in the morning because I because Heather works. I try to take the brunt of most of the like awkward timing of things. So. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, it was kind of crazy, and she's also studying for stuff and and whatnot. So it was kind of a crazy week last week, and and uh, last two weeks have been kind of a little bit hectic. So, but we're doing well, and we're just kind of counting down until we can move into our house, which is exciting. Awesome, mm-hmm. very excited about that. And uh, scope out nice basement. <coughs> I'm I'm willing to move into. Oh, we well so. you. So the third <laughs> bedroom is the Sega room, and we're going to put a futon in it so that. Oh, dude, can... I haven't slept on a futon in so long. Because <laughs> we're like, we want a third bedroom for people to spend the night, mm-hmm. but we're like, how often is that really going to happen? So it was like, well, let's get a futon so that it could be a Sega room, have mm-hmm. the Dreamcast and the Genesis in there. And then, like, if people do spend the night, they can sleep on either the futon as a bed or as a as a couch. I so we got a nice little futon, futon coming, Steve. Out. I'm sorry if that happens in advance. Why do you destroy futons? They just don't. Uh, I am of a certain uh, physique that, uh, and the futons destroyed in my youth were more of a group effort of multiple <laughs> teenage boys having a, having a slumber party. You know how it be. Yeah. Most recently in. Tori and I had a place in 2018. We had a like, really cheap futon we bought off Marketplace for like 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, this futon's like, this is a temporary thing. And we, sure <laughs> enough, like by the end of the year, it was just like bent totally in the frame. And I think I sold it for 10 bucks. And the guy came over and I showed him the futon. And uh, he was like, a little bent. And I was like, yep. And he was like, I'll give you 10 bucks. And I was like, really? Okay, <laughs> here you go. And he put it on his truck and drove away. Like, I don't know if that's getting melted down and turned into something else, but... Yeah, man, I'm looking at some of the trophies of Resident Evil Village. Some of these are are they tricky ones? I don't know if the percentages are just low because the game is so new, but mm-hmm. some of them do seem kind of kind of tricky. Like finish the story without spending more than ten thousand dollars. Finish the story within three hours, which I feel like what? Unless you can skip the cutscenes, which I feel like you can. Yeah, you can press. I I do it all the time by accident because I don't yeah. know because it, it transitions from gameplay to cutscene. I'm like moving the sticks trying to do something and then it's in the bottom right is like do you want to skip and i'm like oh no achieve at least an s rank on all stages in the mercenaries depending on how many stages there are that could be a real bitch there's mer- wait i haven't even seen an s rank is that the I side think, thing yeah mercenaries is like a timed sort of like arcade part to it like resident Evil 4 had it and uh, resident Evil 3 4 and 5 had it mm-hmm. maybe 6 as well 7 was missing it um and they brought it back or whatever but I think you have to beat the game first to like unlock it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that in what we've been playing. But 
start of the show, Steve, we of course want to thank our amazing patrons who you can join over at patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. You want to help us keep the site running. In return, we will give you two-day early access to the podcast, Discord perks, game key giveaways every month, discounts for Canadian gaming events like EGLX, shoutouts at the end of every episode, and the knowledge you're helping us keep the lights on doing what we do. Uh, at our top tier, uh, we will support you and your work however we can on the podcast, including plugging anything you want, like our main man, Eric Beer. You should go check out thebotbook.com, uh, thebotbook.com. Uh, and also, if you would like to sponsor Game Slice 2021, going all digital, uh, London, Ontario, the second coolest London in the world's annual game <coughs> event uh, with exhibitors and mingling, just check that out uh, and support them there. Uh, also, we will continue indefinitely plugging all the ways you can support the various indigenous movements across this land land back land in ontario the wet'suwet'en Beatsy, the micmac out here in nova scotia who just got fisheries i don't want to mess up this story uh there were two fisheries given back to or there were mm. ports indigenous people nova scotia because uh it was like settled it went like i think it went all the way up to the top um up to trudeau no it went to, it was uh, in the a queen? courts for a while. This was recent. None of these stories are recent. Um, two days ago. Let's see. Anyway, I, I was, you know how like in elevators, they sometimes have little news bulletins in the bottom right? Mm, have you seen that? Maybe. It's like in newer ones. They all. I've seen the same screen in like four or five different buildings. I don't know. I feel like I haven't been in an elevator. I'm, I'm just sort of realizing now I feel like I haven't been in an elevator in like a year and a half. So. Whoa. Like since yeah, Sophia there were <laughs> there were some ports given to, and I, and I read that um, I think it like gives global TV's feed, and I was and I saw like ports given to indigenous nations, Atlantic. I'm spending too much time on this, but yeah. So I think progress is being made. Uh, yeah, a little bit, baby steps, Steve. There you go. No one's shit's been set on fire in a while, so that's good. Always, uh, always a plus. And of course, if instead of supporting those uh, links, which I have at the top of the show notes, you want to buy some indigenous games, indigenous developed games, you should check out Night of the Indigenous Devs, uh, which is also linked at the top, which uh, that YouTube video has links to all the games in the bottom. And uh, you should check out Achimov Stalin and Games, Megan Byrne, doing cool things over on their debut project, Hill Agency. Uh, I think they're still hiring and they have um, some cool new key art, Steve. It's looking gorgeous. Uh, they've mainly only had black and white, like mock-ups before, but I'm seeing some key art now. It's looking pretty sick. I like detective games, Steve. Hey, wait, have we added that to wishlist this? Cause we were There's just no Steam page yet, Steve, but don't worry. I'll be on it. Uh, okay. all right, all right, Minute, all right. the second, probably not the second, the, <laughs> the, the week there's a Steam page for Hill Agency. I'll be on that. Don't worry. We're, so, we're to, to go behind the, the scenes a bit. We were struggling to find the third game. You'll you'll know. You'll know. Yeah, you'll know. You'll know. You'll know <laughs> what. You'll know where we gave up. Uh, but that's a bit further on. Starting with jobs, Steve. We got some new uh, people looking to hire on our site. Um, Steve got in a bit of trouble in our Discord week, pinging at everyone. Two people who were lurking in our Discord. I've never seen posts before. Hopped into general like, why did at everyone get tagged? And I was like, God damn it, Steve. Uh, so we will not be picking at everyone for that now. Or you can just mute that channel if you're. No, don't, with no, your whoa, 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 don't don't say that. I'm going to be pinning at everyone when it's applicable. Steve will be pinging at everyone uh, if you're in our Discord and you listen to this podcast. In that case. <laughs> someone disagreed with you. They were like, I. Someone like went up and was like, Hold, on, I'm going to find the exact quote because I thought it was rather because funny. Okay, so the reason why I pinned is because we have a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. and 
we have roles. So usually when a job comes up that's like an artist role or developer role, we pin or we tag those roles because those are the people that want to associate themselves to that and therefore would might be looking for like a role. But <laughs> we have roles here that are auditor and tax supervisor from our friends at Insert Coin Accounting. And mm-hmm. we also have um, professor game design. Now we just added the academic role, but it's it's kind of, it's very new or whatever. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of these companies, what will happen is they'll want to kind of focus on like a developer role or something like that, but they're hiring for other things, but they just really want to focus the ad on like one thing. So I was like, Star 4 Games, I think is like looking for a game developer and that's what they chose to like put on the site for us, but Mm -hmm. they're also hiring for artist roles. So I didn't want to tag them in a bunch of things. So I was just like, you know what? When was the last time we tagged everyone? It was like March something or whatever. Yeah. Like, fuck it, whatever. So I tagged everyone. I'm like, here you go. Tell all your friends. (laughs) Kelp at 3.27 p.m. on Friday said, I took a look at your post since I got the notification, and it looks like all the positions are not for all the roles, so it might be best to tag your relevant roles. So get shit on, Steve, from Kelp. Someone I've only ever seen post once, so thank you, Kelp. And, I, have no, uh, I have no problem with the lurkers. You can't satisfy everyone. There's 15, you can't. You can't. Actually, we're clo- we're approaching 1,500 people in the in the Discord server. Eh? Yeah, I saw your tweet today. Uh, Id yeah. also said, "Why was there an ad? Everyone frowny face." <laughs> and then I explained it, and they were like, "I see." Dot dot dot. And uh, let me see. That might be the only two messages Id has ever left in our server. Can you see that? Yeah. Usually, if you just search. Um, Oh, you can right. do their search name or whatever. Yeah, I see. So I'm gonna search from uh from user. Oh, what is their user? Id. I don't want to dox them. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, now everyone's just gonna at them and just shit on them. Yep, those are their two messages in our server. It was just to pop in and complain about your ad, everyone. <laughs> I didn't realize how seriously that the people took that. Same, because I get. I'm not in that many Discord servers, but I usually mute a lot of them and. Mm-hmm. You guys, actually you, well, you not you specifically, but Redmi Games did a few at everyone's um, lately because you guys were maintenance and had some patchwork and stuff like that for sentience. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I'm always annoyed when it happens, so I understand it, but I just, <laughs> I, instead of complaining, I just, I just, you, you know, well, I just, I read the notification and then I just turn it off or whatever. Yeah, that's why the mute button's there. <laughs> I'm a yeah. bit on both sides, so I don't really, like it's. I didn't know you can mute specific channels, so. You can, you can also mute for like sets set periods of time and stuff but um yeah. some oh what discord i was in i think the fingy discord or somebody they accidentally turned on uh anyone could at everyone Oof. so they were just getting spammed and it was rather funny all also, that to say at the top of my message i apologize for at everyone and i explained why i did it so you did you tried to provide that context yeah whatever and also we got a shit ton of people going to the site so i win he, he won <laughs> uh this is how i win uh, a reference Steve doesn't get because he refuses to watch Uncut Gems. All that oh, to yeah. say. I got to read the Wikipedia article. Uh, here are some jobs, Steve. We got Bad Jump Games in Pickering, Ontario. Didn't even know mm-hmm. there was a game studio there, but that's exciting. Um, they're looking for a 3D Unity developer. Creators of the famous Top Jockey. Uh, mobile uh, gaming experiences for Apple and Android devices. Insert Coin Accounting, a second official partner of KennyGameDevs.com in Toronto, Montreal, and Remote are looking for auditor and tax supervisors in toronto and in montreal slash remote so if that's you i'm very interested in what that entails because i had to do my taxes for the first time this year and it's a pain in the ass and i hate it um so hopefully if you don't want it to be a pain in the ass for you and you make games insert coin accounting can help you out Mm -hmm. 
um, Knowledge Hook in Toronto. Tarana is looking for a senior and lead web game engineer. Tech slash Joydrop in London, Ontario is looking for Unreal Engine programmer, Unity programmer. Ooh, double dipping there. Uh, a senior lead and intermediate full stack developers. So if you have experience with Unity, Unreal, or full stack and want to make money doing stuff with that, check out Tech Joydrop. Starfort Games in Ottawa, Ontario winner. Uh, or sorry, finalist in Ubisoft's uh, Indie Series 2021, which we'll get to oh. in the news, in Ottawa, is looking for a senior game developer. Snowden Studios, also in Ottawa, looking for a full-stack programmer, rendering programmer, and senior generalist programmer. And finally, Sheridan College, soon to be university, I think, in Oakville, is looking right. for a professor of game design part-time. There are okay, multiple gonna, professors. Multiple, multiple professors. professors? Yeah academics is not kind to their staff and this is partly due to a limit in resources as well as a decreasingly especially in ontario underfunding and undervaluing of post-secondary education so i will say if uh, you're hoping to negotiate there i would, I would recommend trying to do that because i've talked to people who worked at conestoga and their game design facilities and uh yeah i would say uh you know fight for what you're worth always in all these jobs if you're in negotiations negotiate mm. Um, yeah, you can check out all those jobs at canadiandevs.com slash jobs. Events, Steve. Got four for you this week, ongoing right now, uh, from May 8th to 12th. So if you're listening to this today, it goes live on Wednesday, last day. Uh, Comics X Games 2021 showcasing a whole bunch of games, including some from some of our patrons, which you can check out. Uh, they're broadcasting a lot of them on Twitch with demos, talking to the developers. Uh, I hope that'll get archived. Uh, if not, they're tweeting about it and posting clips and stuff, so you should follow the Hand Eye Society over on Twitter. Very excited about that. And um, I am also trolling. Not trolling. What do you call it when you, like... I, I picture trolling, like, when there's something in the river you want to get out and you're, like, pulling the net. You know? What, what? what do they call that? You know, when, like, there's something in the water they need to get out, so they just put a bunch of... They take a net and they just pull it to, like, find it and get it out when you're, like, looking... F- Usually it's for, like, a body in a show or something. When I'm trolling these events, looking for games to add to my wish list stash. Oh, um, that has that has a specific name though. Yeah, culling? it's not, tr- it's not culling. Uh, yeah, like culling. All I can think is fishing, but <laughs> fishing for dead bodies. No, it's not culling. Is it trolling a river? I don't think like, it's trolling. Trolling a river. Yeah, no, it's troll. Uh, it's always better to troll cross, cross current as opposed to with or against the current. Um, yeah, you troll for... Or no, trolling might be when you literally just like put the line in the water and then go a direction and just let it hang there. But yeah, yeah. trolling rivers looks like it's a term. All that to say, I will be looking at Comics X Games for some hot new games to add to our wish list segment. Uh, the Edmonton Esports, Steve, May 15th and 16th, having loads of games and tournaments up and prize money with some big sponsors. So if you want to play Soul Calibur, Rocky League, Street Fighter, Smash Melee, Smash Ultimate, lots of Street Fighter, lots of Smash, Mario Kart. Ooh, I should I should play Mario Kart. I'm going to roll on that right now. Did May you, 15th. Did you guys ever do the Rocket League stuff? No, we didn't. Registration closes May 11th. So if you're listening to this, <laughs> the Wednesday it goes live. I'm sorry. Do all of the registration close May 11th? Yeah, Should have been a patron. Like Should have been a patron. Chumps. They have chess. <laughs> They're having a chess bracket. This looks fun. That's I'm going to watch OG, this. OG game. Well, I guess not. Yeah. It's not the OG game, but 
The OG older than Go. Games. The OG is Geo. Isn't it the? Yeah, that is that the? That's just the black and white. Yeah. I thought that was like yeah okay yeah you're right. Um. So yeah, check out that. Uh, if you missed registration, you could still check out and watch me win at Mario Kart. Actually, yeah, I gotta figure out what I'm doing. May fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh, Which that's Mario a weekend. Switch? How reasonable. Yeah, dude, the best one. Hmm. I am very rarely extremely obnoxious and confident when it comes to a video game <laughs> when it comes to a video game and that game for me is mario kart 8 deluxe uh, i'm like that with goldeneye like i i at least back in the, my heyday mm-hmm. in my, you know my prime. prime steve steve prime no one no one could touch me in goldeneye no one um i don't know about now i haven't played the game in fucking like a decade and a half but i'm sure some nerds have rigged it online we could play together it would be with mouse keyboard though so it probably wouldn't feel the same no, it'd be, yeah, it's a completely different game. Uh, also, Virtual Reality Toronto, VRTO, coming back. Uh, not doing a whole month this year. It's just a weekend, uh, June 2nd. Sorry, just a week, June 2nd to 8th. Uh, that is a international symposium exhibition and think tank for immersive businesses, education, enterprise creators, philosophers. Big, big net here. It looks like a bunch of the stuff's happening in VR, too, which is fun. I assume if you have interest in the show you probably have a vr headset from which you could participate mm-hmm. um so yeah tickets are still up for that uh starting at 100 bucks for the week going up to 270 i think for a full package thing and lastly techno sorry tenocon 2021 the annual warframe, <coughs> warframe focused event is happening in july online this year for obvious reasons um actually was it online last year or did they just postpone it last year Hmm. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember talking about it. They might have just postponed it. Yeah, they might have. Um, I don't remember because there's always like big announcements that happen with it too. Yeah, it's happening July 17th, which is a Saturday. Um, Someone like, I forget tickets, the name. Tickets Someone are 25 po- US. Oh, sorry. So I forget the name. Someone in our Discord posted like I guess they have a little stats thing you can go on and put in your like ID and they'll tell you like how many enemies you've killed and stuff like that. Someone like <laughs> in our Discord put in like like 30 days worth <laughs> in that game man that's crazy yeah i put I had, in like um, 20 hours <laughs> i i doubt i've even put in that i played it at launch of ps4 and then their most recent update where it went to the epic store i played it with some friends um but yeah they a, i they had a trophy where you just had to play for 10 hours so oh easy peasy yeah anyway if you're interested in warframe uh 25 bucks for the event and uh, should be lots of exciting Warframe details from the London-based developer. That's it for the event, Steve. Shuffle some paperwork, as we are wont to do on this show. Um, let's move on to some news, Steve. i got two weeks' worth of news to drop on you here and our listeners. First up, as mentioned before, the Edmonton Direct happened this past uh, Friday, I believe. It was streamed mm, yeah. f- May 5th, which is, nope, Wednesday, way off. Uh way off go easy on yourself bro i tuned in uh and i watched uh, it was about 30 minutes and um obviously there were the big players in edmonton beamdog and bioware showed off mass effect uh legendary edition uh they re-showed that reveal for the next mass effect game where she's like in the snow and she dusts off the n7 thing Hmm. uh and then they showed off some new dragon age content at the end uh which was all cgi you see like the pretty city thing and the person on the roof like drinking out of a goblet it looks like um like the city looks to me like 
like the Bloodborne city and the Final Fantasy VII remastered city got smushed together, if that makes sense. Because it's all like neon signs suspended in the air. But and then it's all like the pointed roofs and spikes on the roofs like in Bloodborne, the Victorian architecture stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll send you a screenshot so you can see this, but it, it really gives me like Bloodborne meets Final Fantasy uh seven remastered, just based on the two CGI trailers I've seen for each of those. Well it's not really a trailer, but you know, like the first cutscene. Yeah. And, um Bloodborne, like when you start it up, I sent it on Skype. Take a look at that and tell me you don't get that vibe. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I like. Yeah. Oh, that's that's some cool art. But right. This, so, this, but the same thing where it's just like I'm tired of seeing art for this game. I just want, I just want to see the game now. Allegedly, end of year, April 2022, this game will be out. But again, uh, might take some time. COVID kind of threw a wrench into things. But yeah, this Edmonton Direct Steve was pretty sick. There were. Uh, I would say like two or three dozen games shown some, uh, lots of games that have like already been out for a while. Like uh, I saw run gun, jump gun from 33 in Edmonton, big fan of that game, but it's been out for a while. It's on everything. As far as like new announcements, I think there were a couple of student projects from the university of Alberta that I, I hadn't seen before, but don't have any, you know, social media presence yet. Um, but yeah, all the big players were there. It's interactive was showing off mad devils only by midnight showing off curve space. Um, is there um oh yeah mad devils man that looks so good um right is there oh yeah okay cool so there is the the archived video or whatever is here mm-hmm. so. so i have that linked in the news section you can go watch that uh it was slick steve you could tell they got they got the sponsorships there were lots of good motion graphics uh bioware was there showing off stuff which is probably the biggest name on this list beam dog as well um yeah lots of um people in their bedrooms talking about the game a bit which i always like seeing the developers and people involved in creating the show um yeah lots and lots of games so nice. if you want to see some edmonton specific steve again these are all just studios in edmonton uh you should check out that that uh list of games watch those trailers and of course they're having their esports event next weekend uh as of now steve skate uh city nope did i mess that up no skate city yeah, yeah it's out now yeah, it's on pc and consoles yeah, Actually, it's on, on uh, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, Epic Store, and Steam, and Apple Arcade. Um, you I got think it on Stadia, Switch. No, no, not Stadia. Um, yeah, I picked it up on Switch. I haven't played. I haven't had a chance to play it yet, though. But but it has like a launch sale or whatever. Like I think it's a pretty like thirty three percent or so. Ooh. So I think it was like twelve bucks or so. I was joking in the Discord how the Switch is just becoming my like. Apple Arcade games that yeah. I don't want to play on my phone anymore and pay for yeah. Apple subscriptions. Because, <laughs> like, really? Grindstone and Skate City are certainly, like, two of the better games on Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mainly because they're Canadian. <laughs> that's right. And that's uh, right. as well as uh, Fold Apart's on there, too, although I don't have that on Switch. But anyways, um, yeah, I picked it up. Yeah, it's a steep it, discount, though. Steve. It's 13 Canadian slashed down from 20 Canadian right now. Yeah, so... So they, if they that's got me. Still out, they, they got it you. It worked. Yeah, it worked. I've uh, I'm in a couple of writers' discords. Um, people who you know freelance right in the game space, and there was some buzz about Skate City coming to consoles too. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games coming to consoles sometime soon, 2021 ish. Uh, Rocket Rumble has gotten a brand new gameplay trailer. This game, if you don't know, being developed by Pixelnot Games in St. Catharines, Ontario. I think, or did they move? There was one studio I was talking about that moved. Nope, still St. Catharines on their Twitter. 
uh, coming out this summer in early access, hoping to hit consoles later in 2021. Uh, play online or on the couch co-op. It's uh, uh, it's like a Sonic Racing style, like transform, get items, smash each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, I think you're on a set like camera moving forward and you can just move forward and backwards while you take out people side to side. So it's not necessarily like a cart racer, but it does yeah, have that vibe. Yeah, everyone's kind of in the same camera thing, but I think it's like there's like maybe eight or so layers or whatever. So like you'll still have someone who might be in the lead, quote unquote, but you knock mm-hmm. people kind of out and and whatnot. And you can, and you can fall back. Screen. You can like fall back off the screen too. I think just watching yeah, the trailer. Because I, I don't think it's a because it's not a racing per se. Like you don't win by that. I believe. I don't know. They they uh, they stream on Twitch uh, every now and then with like development stuff too that I that I kind of tune in from time to time. It's it's good. I'm excited for this one. It's sweet. When, do we a, know when, when early access? Like just no, they just said come in 2021 on the Steam page, but I think they uh, said on their tweet May 6th, Rocket Rumble is blasting into action this summer. Mm. Uh, and they plan on being in early access until 2021. Uh, it's probably a year. The other thing that I find interesting about this game is they're using Steam's new beta test feature. So on the Steam page, you can request access to the beta. Uh, and they can approve your Steam uh, account. And then whenever they are having a public beta like the most recent one was actually just this past friday um they send you a notification and you download it and you can play and that's how they help like stress test the servers and get uh, feedback on the game oh we're a big fan of uh gifs on the steam page they got a pretty cool gif at the bottom it says get ready to rumble and the rum oh yeah uh, letter that's in nice. rumble is like gifs of like action in the background or whatever it's nice yeah these are these are some nice gifs yeah. Uh, nice Steam page, nice folks over at Pixel Nuts. Full disclosure, I believe Alex is one of our patrons. Uh, he certainly was a yeah, pretty sure. Um, yes. So full disclosure, but you know, I'd I'd be excited to check this out. Either Me way, um, next bit of news, Steve. Probably the biggest uh, um, business news this week. Call of Duty developer Sledgehammer Games has opened a Toronto office. Uh, previously offices in Forest City, California and Melbourne, Victoria, uh, I guess is for California is, so now they're working in three different time zones here with this, uh, Toronto one hmm. sledgehammer games is the lead developer on this year's call of duty. Uh, Activision has confirmed and that is coming out this fall. So I don't know, you know, I don't know how much time between now and this fall, they actually like open the Toronto studio, hire everyone, get everyone set up and we'll actually be working on this year's call of duty. So I'll be interested for more details on that. Mm-hmm. Sledgehammer games opened in 2009 in forest city, foster city, sorry. And then Melbourne in 2019 in Toronto this year. Um, there's also on their second link to that loads of jobs they're hiring for art, audio design, yada, yada, yada. Oh, so, they they were the lead on Call of Duty World War Two, which is probably like one of my favorite ones. Call of they didn't they did Infinite Infinite Warfare too, didn't they? Because uh, they not they rotate every three page. years. Was World War Two their first one? Two thousand uh, Modern Warfare Three. They co-developed with Infinity Ward. Advanced mm-hmm. Well Warfare. They're like they're they're like I'm just going by the notes. So the notes say that Modern Warfare Three they were co-developers, and then Advanced Warfare doesn't say anything. So I assume they're the lead. And then mm-hmm. three years later was World War Two, and, and soon their lead. And now it looks like for the last two they were assisting Infinity War. I'm guessing for um, uh, their battle royale or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. the hell it's called. Um, yeah. So definitely. Warzone. Yeah. Warzone. Yeah. Warzone. Yeah. Warzone. So. Now they're the lead on this one because yeah. So. That's so cool. I guess the Toronto one will be fully up and running by the time they're 
next one comes out in 2024. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, you're be... right. They probably don't have the Toronto office probably won't have much of an impact on this year's mm-hmm. Call of Duty. And then, but then by 2024, they're either going to be, you know, the Warzone crew or they'll be, or, or whatever. But, mm-hmm. uh, that's cool. We don't know anything about this year's Call of Duty, do we? No, they, uh, last year announced it in May. So people are thinking they'll be like a week from now, there's a reveal thing on their Twitch mm-hmm. or whatever, you know? I never did play Black Ops Cold War. So. Um, I played a lot of the multiplayer with some friends, the zombies, but I haven't played the campaign. I wanted to get all the trophies in the multiplayer before I did the campaign because I feel like I'd have a lot more fun getting the campaign trophies. Um, and now you just now you just want to do either. Yeah, yeah. Now I just moved on. <laughs> Apex season nine came out, Steve, which I'll get to. Uh, yeah. So if uh, Call of Duty also has been partnering with other Canadian studios, like Beanox did the Modern Warfare one and two remasters, mm-hmm. and they're in Quebec. Um, so there is definitely a lot of Call of Duty coming to Canada. So Activision, yeah, Activision's opening up. Because Activision was, like, one of the ones that didn't have any Canadian studios. Mm. But now, like, you know, because 2K had them. They don't own Beanox, do they? Who owns Beanox? I don't know. But, like, because 2K had, like. Oh, yep. They own them. So, because 2K had, like, you know, the Montreal Gearbox people and and HP Studios recently. EA had Vancouver and the sports and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And Bioware, obviously. And then Ubisoft is just all over this country. And mm-hmm. I feel like Activision was, like, the last one. But now they're, you know, maybe they're just like, yo, these Steve guys kind of know. Kind of they know hyping, what's up. They have yeah. this country up. So, they're just like, yo. They got bought. Beanox got bought in 2005. So, technically, they had a Canadian studio as of 2005. Mm-hmm. Fair. But they really just sort of assisted <laughs> on Spider-Man games and the Call of Duty remasters. Yeah, true. Um, next bit of news, Steve. Super Animal Royale is coming to consoles with crossplay very soon. Uh, it's entering a game preview or Xbox preview uh, June first, I believe. Uh, so that's Xbox's right. uh, early access program. It's just called Game Preview. First couple of games were Canadian, actually. It was We Happy Few from Compulsion in Quebec. Um, was that so, Snow One? There's like a Snow One or something, too, wasn't there? Scavengers. Uh, no, the Darwin Project from Scavengers was yeah. Xbox Early Access. Oh, but we don't like Yeah, okay, never mind. They're uh, under some <laughs> scrutiny right now for various yeah, allegations. But Super Animal Royale uh, will be launching on Xbox One and Series XS, PS4, PS5, and Switch with cross-play and cross-save. So if you've played on Steam and now you want to take it on the go on your Switch, it should be just as simple as uploading a save and downloading the game for free, it looks like. It's a free-to-play game. Um, Friend of the site, Jake Butno did the, the music for it as well. Jake does he good did, music. And he did the... I always forget. He did the, the intro or he did the intro for the podcast, so... Yes, well. he does our, our beautiful intro. I link his uh his at in the um, podcast notes if you ever want to follow them. The uh, top uh, con- the top review on Steam out of six thousand reviews is I swear I'm not a furry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he was telling me when the game came out that it was like <laughs> they were in a tough spot because a lot of people were loving it who were furries, but then some people, I guess were kind of avoiding it thinking it was just a furry game. Oh, uh, I could see that. I could see that. Uh, funny. So they're trying to like, which of these, which, which of these people will help us <laughs> succeed more, <laughs> man, the furry community is they're out there, you know, uh, interesting note, the super animal Royale developers, Pixile are partnered with modus games for the publishing who also published Scully developed by some Toronto developers. 
So their mm-hmm. Modus has been publishing. And the thing I really liked about Modus, I sent you a pic, Steve, is on the sleeve of all their games, because I bought a physical copy of Scully, is a map with where all the developers they're publishing with live. And Toronto is right there with the uh, oh. first finish line games. It's yeah. pretty cool. I wish more publishers did. Like when I bought like a... I'm trying to think of another indie developer who does physical releases. But like when I bought one of their games, if they had like a little map of all their developers, that was really nice. It's pretty neat. Helps us out too. Exactly. I love when they do that. Yeah. And everyone should just be doing that. Everyone should just be doing that for me and Steve specifically to find the Canadian games so we can add them. Shout out like, to Jeff Keeley who always says... Uh, uh, I think you mean Joff. Joff Keeley. Who no, always says Jeff. that. Yeah, who always says that something's Canadian when, uh, when he does the world premiere or whatever. Anyway, sorry. World premiere. Uh, Art of Rally's coming to uh, Steam. Uh, oh, no, I messed that up. PS4 and PS5? PS4 and PS5. Yeah, you're right. This summer. Love this game. Can't stop talking about it. Talked about it on our end of year discussion last year. Uh, I made a little top 10 video of my own personal games, and I rank it quite highly from 2020. And uh, it's already out on Switch and PC coming to PS4 and PS5 this summer. Check that out. Um, Benjamin Rivers. D- indie game developer extraordinaire makers of worse than death home alone with you has released an official game maker studio uh tutorial about how to make an adventure game it's an eight hour tutorial they'll walk you through the various project or steps to making an adventure game in game maker studio which i believe is the engine that benjamin has used for several of his projects uh, it looks super comprehensive and uh i think it's free let me click this link full tutorial Da, 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 da. Um, yeah, full game tutorial concludes six sessions with tutorial video series, as well as documentation, assets, and full project files. Yeah, it's all just right here to download, which is sick. Um, so if you have enjoyed any of Benjamin's work in the past, want to check out Game Maker Studio, a engine that if you've liked an indie game in the past 10 years, it was probably made in Game Maker Studio, Hotline Miami, Undertale, yada yada. Hyperlight Drifter, uh, you should. You should check it out. And a great way to figure out games is by, like, downloading one of these um, uh, project files, opening it, and then just, like, messing with all little pieces. And, you know, modding is how a lot of people get into games like that. Or game mm. development uh, is just working within a system that works. I was having an interesting conversation, uh, an aside, in the gaming channel and Discord this week about how... Uh, we had someone who was talking about how they want to write more fan fiction and they like have made stuff. It just won't show it to anyone. And I think fan fiction is like really kind of like the modding of writing. And so like, I encourage people who want to, cause you're like, you're working within a, a world that's been created and worked like, and a lot of other famous, like uh 50 shades of gray was like a twilight fanfic at one point, stuff like that. And like, um, a lot of games start as mods for other games and then they just get good at that engine and they make their own stuff. So I think yeah. modding is an under underrated way to get into game development. Mm-hmm. And Benjamin is doing his best to help with this free eight hour tutorial. Make your first adventure game in Game Maker Studio. I love Very that. Cool I stuff. love his games. His games are yeah. awesome. So. Game Maker Studio 2 specifically, which is the latest one I think came out a couple of years ago. Last couple bits of news I want to get through, Steve. Ember Knights has got a gameplay demo. <coughs> Uh, this is the next game from London-based Tiny Titan Games. Yep. Uh, their combo demo is live now on Steam. You can give it a download, and they're looking for feedback. Uh, I believe it's like the first dungeon, um, and uh, it's got the co-op in it, as well as... I don't know if online supported yet. 
demo for up to four players. I'm downloading the demo now. Oh, sick. I'll play that sound. Let's, I don't see online anywhere, but it might be. I, I don't know. I haven't done that much research into this yet. But I mean, the, dem- the demo does say online co-op like as a tag, but I don't know if that's just because it will be a tag on the main game. Right. So anyway, we should stream that sometime. I want to check out this game. So colorful and cool. Uh, Ember Knights, if you don't know, previous feature on Wishlist This is an upcoming, let me read the official tags, roguelite action game. Uh, pixel art looks pretty and yeah hack and slash roguelite is their mm-hmm. pitch uh speaking of a little indie game steve clan o'connell is now out on pc and mac give some love to the mac crowd uh it's a 2d platformer inspired by you know other games like guacamole um was one uh they specifically mentioned we did an interview with them which is in my giant chain pile of interviews that i will get through and edit and post on this feed at some point before i die uh, so I was very interested listening to them talk about their inspirations for this game. It was the first sort of like single player, not live service game they've tried. And so it had a Kickstarter, which was successful. Um, and then the challenges with COVID moving all the development to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got like a, if you've seen Disney Pixar's brave, like the ginger raging barbarians with the um cool blue celtic tattoos and stuff but picture 2d side scrolling like kind of flat art that's what they're going for it kind of like flows like guacamelee as well like combat mm-hmm. and all that stuff too so they cited that as a reference oh, nice. and then yeah you'll see like in some of the screenshots like the camera moves out super and there's like this huge warthog like running across the screen screen you're running away from what's so. the What's the sta- what's status on console stuff? Do you know? Do we know? I don't know. I think I asked them, and I think they said, let's finish the PC version first. That's fair. Uh, top review right now, solid platformer with an interesting mix of mechanics. 11 people found this review helpful. Great looking, character swap is great, super fun. Anyone looking for a side scroller will really dig this game. Highly recommend. Nice. It uh, appears to only have positive reviews as of now, of 25 overall reviews. So you should check that out. Uh, I'm going to end on the Ubisoft Indie Series. So lastly, I'll just say uh, EA Sports has bought the super mega baseball developers Meathead Software, who are based out of Vancouver, Canadian indie studio. Metalhead. 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 Did I say Meathead? Yeah, you did. That's a terrible name for a studio. Metalhead's much better. Um, Quote from EA Sports. Uh... We put together a deliberate growth strategy for EA Sports that includes getting into a certain number of new sports we haven't been in, cough, baseball, cough, in a while, and placing our bets on certain places. One of those was reestablishing this presence in baseball and looking at our options. Metalhead was founded in 2009 by Scott Drader and Christian Zuger, and they released Super Mega Baseball on PS3 and PS4 in late 2014. It was a out-of-nowhere critical success, that's Polygon's word, not mine, which led to 2018 Super Mega Baseball 2 which also came to Switch as well as Xbox. Did you ever play these games, Steve? Uh, And there was a third one too. Super Mega Baseball 3 just came out like last year, I think. Um, I played one because I think it was a PlayStation Plus game. Mm -hmm. And they actually, it was like cartoony and they kind of went less cartoony and and whatnot with the Mm -hmm. third one. I remember enjoying the first one. I just didn't really play it that much. And I always kind of like meant to pick up Super Mega Baseball 3. And then, you know, it just like falls into the ether or whatever. And never to be seen or heard from again until EA buys them. Hmm. So, but uh, good for them. Get that EA money. Get that EA money. 
Um, and uh, I don't know. I got to imagine, like, based off the press release and stuff, that super, they're basically just going to make Super Mega Baseball 4. Like, <laughs> sounds like they bought them for the baseball, like, mm-hmm. to f- pad out the EA Sports uh, portfolio, as it were. Yeah. So I wonder if it will be Super Mega ba- Baseball 4 or if they'll, like, start making their own baseball. But they like, can't do MLB because that license is secured, right? Is it? I don't think it is. Is it not San- Sony San Diego exclusive? No, because I think the thing was back in the day. It might be now, but I think back in the day, 2K actually had it. But huh. there was a like if you if you were like the self publisher or whatever, like if you owned basically the platform that was going on, then you could still like make those games because Nintendo was also going to make a baseball game like back in the early 2000s and quietly canceled it. They probably just announced, like, I always thought they just announced it just to say they had a baseball game coming. Mm-hmm. And then MLB show got better and better and better. And then 2k just bounced. But I don't know if that changed with the most recent thing, which brought it all to like Xbox and stuff like that. So I don't know if they have the, like the license or if they're just like the best team that does it. And no one's bothered to kind of look at it. No, they definitely don't actually. Cause RBI baseball is a series that comes out like every year and they use the baseball, they have the MLB license. So, so I just changed. So I just changed all that. So no. Okay. Sony San Diego does not have the license because RBI baseball came out like this year. Like, well, if anyone can get the uh, can also get the license, like I assume it would be EA. So, could you picture a Super <laughs> Mega Baseball with MLB characters? That would be kind of fun. That would be cool. Kind of like so. when they do those uh, WWE like arcadey games. So everyone's like, because the Mega Baseball characters are like super weird proportion, like bobblehead figures almost. Yeah, certainly the the first and second game. I think the third game was a little bit more, but still, still cartoony and still kind of disproportionate, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I gotta imagine that they're gonna bring in the actual license or whatever. So, Super RBI Baseball twenty one came out in twenty twenty one, but MLB is listed as the developer, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, all that to say, we don't know, but that's a Canadian studio working on some games. Mm-hmm. Steve, we stopped talking about Ubisoft pretty much ever since last year when um, all of the allegations against the various studios across Canada and senior developers and people got shuffled around. It was a huge mess. We put a statement up. I can link that in the show notes here. Um, But we want to talk about the indie series because this is uh, Ubisoft Toronto specifically uh, partnered with National Bank distributing um, a big chunk of change to an indie studio to help them with their project last year it was uh vivid foundry with um their upcoming sort of cyberpunk visual novel as well as uh team pico who's working on that cat t game that looks super cute and they've just announced the finalists this year and it's a bunch of names uh new studios as well as uh some older studios like lithic entertainment so we wanted to you know go through these and, and highlight these Uh, indie studios in Ontario that are doing cool things and Ubisoft's name, it just happens to be on it and they will be judging and helping to provide guidance to these studios because, you know, Ubisoft has resources to do that. I also know, all right, let's start at the top. Cortex Collider Studios uh, has only been around for a year, but they want to make procedural system-driven games accessible to hardcore strategy fans and newcomers alike. Not an easy task. Mm -hmm. Uh, their debut project quote start a revolution and end the war in firebrand uh, this art uh, is pretty much all i can see on their website but it's like this weird tentacle monster with like red deer heads and like uh this guy with a bunch of work it looks like uh honestly it looks like some classic um 
union posters with like everyone with their fists in the air with like the classic worksman cap and overalls. Oh, there you um, go. So we just found your new uh, most anticipated game. That was what we're saying. Yeah, I'll check this out. Firebrand is an upcoming <laughs> political strategy game set in an alternate 1930s with rogue light and occult elements. Campaign, connive, and combat opposing movements across procedurally generated city. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I just quickly became very interested in Firebrand. Uh, Creative Byte Studios, founded in 2013 in St. Catharines by Paul Capucci. Oh, nice and Sean Jackson has assisted successful independent game developers as well as AAA publishers bringing their games to market. In 2017, they launched their first major game, Embers of Mirim, an adventure platformer featuring a mystical creature with the ability to split light and dark embers. That was, each it was independently controlled by each analog stick. You played this? Yeah, it was good. It was a platformer. Um, and uh, it. I remember the controls were... It was a little like kind of... Because you, you basically would split and then you would move each kind of mirror or whatever. Mm. Um, and so it was a little finicky, but I, it was one of those games where I, I sat down, went to play it. And then like six hours later I had been it. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. that was pretty, that was pretty good. One of those. Yeah. So, um, so I, I liked it. It was one of those, one of the, another game that I always meant to like go back and platinum too. Cause I have like 80% of the trophies, but uh, just never ended up doing it, but that's cool. I wonder what they're working on next. It doesn't say explicitly whether it's that Embers of Miram game or whether that's just part of the bio they put on their site. Uh, check out the link in the news section for all these games. I went to their um, site and it only has Embers of Miram on it. So I'm guessing they're not, whatever their next game is, they're not ready to show. Because Embers of Miram is now, oh wait, no, what is it? Four years old. The Valve. What is it? No, it's probably, oh, sorry. They actually, oh, I didn't, we totally missed this. They had the a Valve. Shadow of the Crown game in August 24th, 2019 that came out. Oh. Um, oh, no, The that? Veil. It's The Veil, Steve. We did talk about it. It's that one where uh, you play the oh, game Valve, almost yeah. with your eyes closed. Oh, yeah, that we, I don't remember this at all. No. Yeah, no, it, it, we definitely wrote it up and talked about it, but uh, huh. lots of games, so I get it. Yeah, true. Uh, next game is, uh, or sorry, next studio is Fractal Phase Games, who released Sky Rogue. Uh, a year or two oh, ago nice. on the Switch, Xbox, Stream. They pitched it as a Fushi roguelite flight simulator, and it looks super great. Uh, we cover this on the site, too. It, quote, small family-owned independent game company in Toronto, making low-poly games for underserved niche markets. This next studio, Killjoy Games, actually uh, has one of my former teachers from Laurier uh, working on the team, Dr. Emily Flynn-Jones. Shout out to Emily, doing great things. Um, founder with a PhD in cultural studies. Emily uh, hired me for one of the student projects while I was at Laurier. So oh, nice. yeah, I'm very interested. Whatever they're doing next, um, they have a bunch of like uh, in browser you can play it now, or I guess just two, uh, and whatever their next project is, which became a finalist for this indie series thing. So that's my personal investment here. I, I'd love it if they won or got the second place one where. Because there's like a for grand prize and a runner-up prize. Yeah. So, fingers crossed for them. Going to put my bias on my sleeve there. Uh, Dwaro's developer, Lithic Entertainment, of yeah. course, maker of um, one of our favorite games of last year? No, it was two years ago. It was 2019. Was it? No, I think it was. Was it actually? Let me, let me look. I think it was right page. at the start. Oh, no. Of, it was uh, 20, February 2020. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say. I feel like it was huh. just before COVID. I had some fun with that one. It was a, it was a good time. Yeah, so they are a finalist here too. Mermaid Heavy Industries, um, Mythical Voltage, 
uh, Starfort Games, check out the jobs on our site. Uh, Thousand Star Studios, also based in Toronto, and Voids Within, also based in Toronto. Uh, winners are going to be announced in early May, which is now. Sundown. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know how we count early to. I would probably say, like, the end of next <clears throat> week. It's the first two weeks of May is probably so it. So maybe, just as an FYI, if you're listening to this, it's very possible that the winners have already kind of been announced. And I hope it was Killjoy. Any thoughts, Steve, on the Ubisoft Indie Series? We, we we like checking out all the different indie talent working on games in this. Yeah, and some good games have come out of this, too. Um, Reptoid Games is, is a... Oh, man. Fossil Hunters was, like, the mm. previous winner and stuff. I remember playing that and Platinum. That that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh, you know, it's always... You know, they'll, they'll take the money. Get the money. Get and, the money. Um, and it always helps with, like, marketing and all that stuff, too, so... Mm-hmm. As much as we poo-poo on Ubisoft, this is uh, this is good shit. So I hope uh, I hope I don't know what's the thing. I, I hope everyone has fun. <laughs> <laughs> Ubisoft is a company of contrasts. But um, I, uh, I fanboy over a little bit over Lilith Entertainment and Duaro. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick one, I, I hope they uh, they come out. But we'll see. Shout out to shout out to Andy Wood. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, and the team there. Um, yeah, those are just like just some personal connections we know. Obviously, if you made it to this, you went through a pretty vigorous um, process. I think they got hundreds of applications this year. So congrats to everyone who became a finalist. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, let's hammer out some wish list this, talk about what we've been playing, and uh, GTFO. I'm trying to keep these podcasts shorter, as you know. Yeah, we're, we're running a little bit late. We are running a little long. Uh, first on wish list this, Steve, everyone's favorite segment where I highlight three upcoming Canadian games. you got to add your wish list right now. <laughs> Astalon Tears of the Earth, developed by Labsworks in Ontario with a cool Japanese publisher on this game. Uh, don't envy their time zone working out there, but they got some hot gifts in this Steam page. Steve, oh, really? Uphold your pact with the Titan of Death. Epimethus. Fight, climb, and solve your way through a twisted tower as three unique adventurers on a mission to save their village from impending doom. Some really hot pixel art in this game, Steve. The map, uh, I have very limited experience with sort of these classic uh, style of games, but the map looks like Metroid to me because I have played a lot of Metroid with like all the different squares and you shuffle it around. It's at like, uh, it's at like, oh geez, I'll find it in this trailer. Um, 26 seconds into the trailer. It's a side scroller, some pretty gorgeous pixel art. um, And yeah, Mm. they got some, some, some very high quality gifts in the steam description uh, an 8-bit action adventure in a detailed authentic pixel art set in a dark fantastical world mm-hmm. battle against a large assortment of enemies giant monsters and epic bosses choose the right hero to find the weaknesses of the creature that stand in your way i'm trying to find a, a gif of switching from the heroes because i think you do that on the fly or maybe you start the level with them I'm trying to get some information from this trailer but yeah, it looks like your your main thing you're doing is cycling between these three heroes. This yeah. like sword guy and then this uh archer lady like and archer lady and then bow Ma- uh, mage guy? Yeah, magic, magic guy. Yeah. Um what do you think? Yeah, it looks awesome. Looks like an NES game. Mm-hmm. Um I, I I yeah, I always enjoy the like any like cuz it's more colors than what NES had or whatever, right? Um mm-hmm. but it it definitely looks like that era uh looks hard as fuck though just looking at some of these gifts and stuff. <laughs> looks fucking difficult i don't know if it will be but i'm just saying that 
It looks difficult. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, it looks pretty sweet. It's coming out June 3rd on mm. uh, PC. I believe just PC. Yeah. Eight supported languages. Good for them. Oh, nice. Uh, we were talking to Devin a bit about, or I was, I don't know, on Twitter about localizing bombing their game and they're like geez i didn't realize how much work localizing games was so anytime i see a game with that many supported languages i'm impressed obviously it gets harder when you add dialogue yeah steve i have to ask is Astalon tears of the earth on your steam wish list yes it is sorry it was in mid long either yes it is that's okay got you mid long mid yawn it's like when the server comes over ask how the food is right as you take a big bite i know yeah my dad happens got the Sleep, you know what I mean? I feel you. Next game today, dude. Let's stay up and just talk about Mass or uh, fuck. I was looking at Mass Effect when I said that. I meant Resident <laughs> Evil, but Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming out. We we couldn't find a third one. I'm sorry. I need to call some more wish lists from our uh, our Twitter and Discord. But this is like probably one of the Canadian games. It's getting a big big port. It's coming out next week. And yeah, you can wishlist it on Steam as well as various other places. This bundle's absurd. You can spend a hundred dollars to get the Legendary Edition plus Mass Effect Three. No, it's a discount if you own Mass Effect Three on Steam. Oh, I see. Or something. Um, Anywho, it's awesome because the trophies popped for it, and each game has its trophy list. I think they're pretty much unchanged, except for mm-hmm. maybe probably some of the, the multiplayer from Three has been removed. And then like the collection itself has trophies um, is there a platinum like, for like the whole collection no i think it's just like 10 trophies and it's just like beat beat all three games on insane is like a gold or something like that right hmm. um, i think which, I, I played on hard well there were four i think i played on the third or whatever first one yeah whatever the thing is it's just like neat that the collection has it because like when sly cooper came out it was just three different trophy like trophy lists like they're mm-hmm. all separate um separate but equal you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah, there's all achievements. Metal, yeah. Anyways, sweet PC. I don't updates. know if I'm picking up day one though. I don't know. I don't know either. I feel like this will be one I, I grab on marketplace. Uh, huge twenty-one by nine widescreen support, DirectX eleven compatibility, all the DLC except for one of the first DLC packs, which I think they just lost the source code for. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think they said. <laughs> Uh, lots of new Shepard customizations, uh, gameplay enhancements, specifically to the first Mass Effecting game. They redid all the Mako controls as well as the shooting combat as well as uh, squad behavior and cover mechanics. So a pretty big overhaul. Uh, whether or not it's a 90 Canadian dollars after tax overhaul is up to you, but you can add to your wish list like my man Steve is doing right now. Isn't that right, Steve? Yes. Cool. Win play Last, Steve, but But you'll help out the Indie game developer Bioware. Yeah, Bioware needs some help. Hey, after Anthem, they probably. They might oh yeah, you know what? Bioware does need some help. Uh, shout out to Blake. I hope you're turning the ship around over there. Uh, last game today, Steve is a returning champion. I want to highlight again because the release day is coming up soon. Mayhem in Single Valley is coming to all platforms May twentieth, twenty twenty one. Sorry, that's not true. Just PC, I believe. I don't know why I said all platforms. No, okay. no, it's not all platforms. Um, but they are hoping to port it elsewhere. Uh, being developed by Tiny, or sorry, developed by Fluxcopic Limited in Kitchener. Full disclosure, I have worked with Fluxcopic in the past. Shout out to Brian and the team over there. Uh, I love them. Love what they're doing. And uh, I played a lot of this demo. Um, 
so it's a, it's a good demo. I recommend you check it out. It's uh, the first whole chapter, it looks like now, which I think is a bit more than what I got to play uh, on the Steam page. So you can download right. that and check it out. Download right now. Oh, no, another download. <laughs> 1032. We hit the one hour mark, Steve. I got to get this shit on the road. Actually, if I cut out the first part, I'll probably be fine. Um, yeah, I think we had our audacity, I don't think is correct, right? Because we were chirping. It was uh, behind the scenes. We were. I don't think it's real. I think we're at like no. the 50-ish minute mark. Hopefully. Let's talk about what we've been doing after and get out of here. But Mayhem in Single Valley, I'm very excited for this one. I'm excited for everyone to check it out. The team's been working super hard over there, pulling a lot of late nights to get this done. Uh, it's a uh, really unique pixel art style where the lighting and shadows are super real, but it is a very boxy, pixel art heavy uh, game. Um, so it's this weird blend of these two kind of styles that I think works really well. Um, yeah. And it's it's a 3D platformer fixed uh, perspective. Uh, you're sort of moving in and out of the background, whereas like you know the water effects are kind of real and the shadow effects are obviously real. But it's almost like um, the boxy art of uh, um, that Cuco, Coco Cucumber River Bond, but it's River not Bond. voxel art; it's pixel art. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Mayhem, Steve? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. Trying to like in my head describe it as well because it is very distinct. Yeah, um, it looks sweet though. Is it one of those games where you die a lot? Because it looks like th- there's a few deaths in the yes. thing where it's like you're getting <laughs> smoked by a train. And no, there's like a so. a lot of effort went into the various ways you can die in this game. Several nice. of which I'm sure the majority of players will never see. But there's a very there's a very like um, middle schooler humor to the game too. Like. Uh, in the best way, I would say, like a, a lot. You you're playing as a someone, or I guess you're playing as a high schooler. You just got into art college, uh, and on the day they're supposed to leave, uh, something terrible goes down in a single valley. In this Hence. fast-paced puzzle-loaded action adventure, you'll juggle housework, zombie hordes, family dinners, and radioactive squirrels. <laughs> oh, and you have to prevent the end of the world while keeping everyone from finding out it was all your fault. Uh, so yeah, I I was I would love to pimp this game. So I'm I'm saying this is a Stephen picks. Oh, hey, we Can should try that. Oh, we should do that. I don't know. We should make a banner or something like that. <laughs> so like a uh, Steam page. Yeah, like when you would go into Blockbuster and you'd always. No, see, like, remember uh, when you go into Indigo or Chapters and it's like Heather picks because she's yeah a, yeah yeah get a little sticker. Uh, the Stevens pick. Stevens picks. Steve's pick. Steven. 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 Mm. Mm, we'll think about it but uh i gotta ask steve is mayhem in single valley from kitchener based Luxcopic limited on your steam wish list yes it is it already was so i'll follow them I don't <laughs> oh okay that's good that works too. and i download the demo so Ooh, i can do the demo sound too yeah do you demo have a follow sound and a wish list i don't yet but there's too many sounds i can't keep track of them all that's it for wish list this uh, get us your game. I need more games. Um, I'll put out a post this week asking for games. That usually gets a bunch of people who <laughs> reply like, oh, check this out. And then we link them to the episode we already talked about their <laughs> game on. But that's okay. You're making games. you got a lot to do. Yeah. All right, Steve. What have you been playing? We've both been playing Resident Evil 8. I think we're both both pretty hot on it. Um, it's a little absurd in the Resident Evil way that it is. I'm I'm keeping I'm like keeping my mind open about it until like I beat it though cuz like I just have a th- like if they don't explain some of the stupid shit <laughs> that's happening then it's kind of like okay that was a little too campy. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil has always had a little bit of campiness but there's there's been a few things where you know we were talking <laughs> before the show we we're just <laughs> like okay something's going on here. Yes. <laughs> um 
And it's always like a pet peeve of mine too when like game when people in games like don't question the weird shit that's going on. That's why I always <laughs> like with Evil Within and, and there stuff is, where there is one part where uh he's uh very, very early on in the game, like an hour or two in, you're like something stupid happens to this building that's on fire and you climb out and like as he jumps out, he's like, Oh my god, not again and I was like, Okay, okay, <laughs> he is aware that after the events of Resident Evil Seven, everything happening to him now is just ridiculous and, and I definitely noticed that. So I have I have some theories of it, but the game is like it's pretty like it's pretty great. I think mm. um, in the world of Resident Evil as a Resident Evil game, I'm not super hot on it because mm-hmm. um, I thought like Seven was still pretty grounded and it was almost like a soft reboot mm-hmm. and it was claustrophobic and all the first that stuff. first person one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, first mainline first person one, mm-hmm. and um, and then eight like the the villagey part of eight. I was like, oh man, this is like too open for me. But the cornfield, or no, I think it's like a wheat field. That was awesome. Like, I had a mm-hmm. really cool, like, I don't know if it was scripted or just, like, whatever. Like, that was just wicked. And then now I'm in the castle, and uh, and it kind of, like, is a little bit better. I, I always, like, but the it's castle, like still a little bit too open for me. I the, the castle, I think they were trying to capture the police station experience from 2. Because there's very much, like, if you play a lot of Resident Evil, I haven't. I played, like, RE2 and 7. But you have, like, you open your map, and it's a red room if there's something still in it, and blue if it's not, which is super gamey. Like, that is super like, yeah. early 2000s game feel, and I love that. And it's like you're, you're going through this um, sort of, like, it's almost like a dollhouse type, like, interconnected space where, like, you, you get something you need, and you come back out right where you need to use it. And that all feels super well done, in my opinion. And the... Um, it is, it is, as we were saying, there's like kind of parts where it branch out. Like I did something sooner than Steve did, but we both end up in the same place at the end to put the puzzle together. Yeah. I think like, cause it's only been two sections. So it's like the village section and the castle section. And mm-hmm. I like the castle section a lot more than like the village section. I also thought it was just a little like really, really scripted more than, than seven was, I felt like, and, and kind of more like how Resident Evil three remake was where I feel like, part of it is just like you're watching it like you're like it's a little bit too much watching a movie it's a little on rails yeah and i'm just like ah man like how many times does the enemy need to fucking pick me up by the neck Mm -hmm. and throw me through a window and then just like i run away let me get away yeah so Mm -hmm. there's those are minor gripes like the game is like it's sick right like it's Mm -hmm. it's i'm enjoying it yeah it's still really really fun i just as a resume game i'm kind of just like i don't know I, i i already was kind of ho hum on the first person like Resident Evil-ness of it. I always like the third person over the shoulder more, but mm-hmm. um, I, it's still fucking awesome. I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to beat it again or play it more, but I did pick up Returnal too, but I haven't had a chance to to play it. I, I think with all the patches and all the issues that game seems to have in and, and just like with the save, you know, drama that's going on where you can't save and it's like two hour runs and stuff. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going to wait. It'll um, only get better. I imagine with updates. I think so. I, I at least want to like. I don't think it's a game where I can like kind of, you know, play casually or whatever. I feel like it's got to be the game that I focus on. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just gonna beat eight first and then uh, and then go from there. Also, shout out to Carla at the Source in Scotia Square in Halifax <laughs> for getting me five for five percent off my copy of Resident Evil for being a Bell customer. I pipe 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 pipe. pipe. Saved like six something on my copy Resident Evil Eight. I also yeah. called. I called them on my lunch. I was like, "Do you have Resident Evil 8? And they're like, "We have one copy." And I was like, "Did you only get one copy?" And they're like, "Yes." I was like, "Okay, I'll go get it." Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm in the. So I've also changed a little bit how I approach games now. Where it's like 
for PlayStation specifically, where I'm mm-hmm. like, I only want PlayStation Five games, like official, like the patches, like even if it's like a game that's got patched or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tired of seeing PS4 games, mostly because I don't have the time to play these. So I'm just like, I bought, I was excited for Sega Frontier. Game doesn't fucking tell you, dick. And you basically <laughs> just have to like have sixty hours aside to like beat it. I was like, nope. So I I'm just done now. Mm-hmm. So I'm done with PS4 games, and then I'm only I'm, I'm buying physical games. Come come. I'm just kind of like enjoying collecting games again. Yes, and then Steve. in general, like I'm always trying to keep like four or five games on my PS5. So like when I got Resident Evil uh, Eight, I deleted like Worms mm-hmm. and Godfall because I was mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm done. Like I don't want to see five like twenty different games on my PS5. I just want to see like the five or six that I'm playing. So mm-hmm. no, I like that. I'm gonna get you one of those youtuber ikea bookshelves and we're gonna get you a little desk in your Sega room and you're gonna look like a collection i'm behind you like Ooh, a, that's gonna be so much fun we'll get you a, like a a little youtuber setup so you can stream and have all the do you have a lot of like <laughs> you're getting your Sega games but do you have like any like collectibles or anything probably not no because I, I i did back in the day but i i've gone rid of a lot of them like yeah i feel like i feel like i'm at that phase of my life too like i have so many like amiibos and like plastic game crap i need to just like purge yeah like i have some amiibos left but i had like god of war shit just from like when collector there was a there was a time where collector's editions right were oh had dude. some physical you know, things i know i know yeah so i had those stuff and now you know seven moves later uh, it's just you gotta get rid of it <laughs> yeah they're gone so i like, feel I like i want to move i had pandora's box from god of war 3 like i'm like i don't need this <laughs> Just like six it. moves from now when I'm buying a house and selling it, I'm going to want all that stuff to put in a room that I can stream from. That's, that's the thing. I had all these Sega Genesis. I had basically all the games I had as a kid, right? NES games, Sega Genesis, Nintendo 64, PS2, GameCube. Like I had all of them. Mm-hmm. And when I was in school or no, after I was done school, like just as I was starting dating Heather, actually, I was like, you know what? I need money. I don't fucking care about this shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sell it. I sold it to AMC games in Toronto for like, like three thousand dollars no it was i think it was like five grand like i just dropped like so much like stuff at them mm-hmm. and now i'm like well fuck i want those things now. yeah although i never yeah. had a dreamcast so it's like that's fine but still uh i want to plug the new season apex i'm playing a lot of it's a huge update steve they added the 3v3 mode uh the new hero valkyrie and uh respawn of course has handed a lot of uh apex development over to the vancouver studio i think uh uh, seven her whatever season horizon came was like their first big yeah. um charge of it and there was uh some of the respawn <coughs> vancouver developers in the reveal stream and stuff uh so this this is like respawn vancouver well at the helm of this so and, what was uh, the titanfall stuff that so valkyrie had? is like part titan or something basically she has like this like mecha thing on her back and her ultimate is she can from at any point, like launch her team into the air and basically like becomes like a jump balloon. And then you just take off somewhere else. Hmm. Um, so yeah. And, but then it's like more of the, uh, cause it, apex is set in the Titanfall world and they're doing these comics and things. It's a lot more like referencing other character. I think she's the daughter of one of the characters from two or something. So that's like the angle there. So they are definitely pulling a lot more of the Titanfall stuff in. And I definitely, there's a lot of speculation in on the Reddit that the free weekend last weekend for Titanfall 2 was like a, uh, how many people are still interested in Titanfall? And at one point they had like 15,000 concurrent players or something, which isn't enough. Like Resident Evil 8 concurrent player hit like a hundred and something thousand yesterday. So I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see a Titanfall 3. I hope 
we will and it looks like they're just going to keep exploring that world through apex for now but this season is very tight and full shame steve i bought a season pass <laughs> you told you know me not to tell anyone <laughs> i know but you know what i think uh full disclosure with our fans and my stance on microtransactions having put at this point 500 plus hours into apex legends across xbox and pc they can they can have a little money as a treat okay. they can get me. a little <laughs> <laughs> from me go on and go on and buy yourself like, you know so. what Tuck, tucks dollar in pocket pat's chest here you go <laughs> go get yourself something on me <laughs> i'm sorry so apex legends is a ps4 game so it doesn't uh hit the criteria anymore so i, I, will, I won't be playing it so i understand steve if you ever at any point uh want to jump back <laughs> in this 3v3 mode is sick i'm having a great time with it uh it's definitely like because there is like i i for the rest of my life would play apex season one version one skull town king's canyon like i had someone i would i would play that for years i am not the typical player so i understand why they have to add new maps and shake things up and destroy skull town uh but where i do get a bit bogged down in apex is like three or four games in a row where you drop get like your favorite loadout don't see anyone for 20 minutes and then just get instant killed and you're back to the menu doing that a couple times in a row you're like uh yeah i'm I'm done for apex for now but with the 3v3 mode it is like literally just this tiny they built um three new maps and then took a section of king's canyon uh, and so there's four maps it rotates between and it's this very tiny map where like the ring closes within a minute and you just three v three and first to win three wins it's kind of like tennis rules too where if you're two and two you have to win two like if you've won two rounds and they've won two rounds one of you has to win two in a row to win um if that makes sense does that make sense a little bit yeah I so you know when it's like when it, when, te- when in tennis they're like 30 and 30 you have to win two sets to win yeah right you have to win yeah. by two it's it's tennis rules basically okay i see what you're saying and it's great and uh I don't like the, they did the CSGO Valorant, you like buy between rounds, like you buy mm. loadout, you buy guns and you actually buy your like uh, Q or your ultimate as well as like grenades and health kits and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm less hot on that, but whatever, I'm, I'm figuring it out. Uh, the one thing that is quite funny is uh, in a- since I've been playing this since 2018, whenever I die in Apex, because it's a battle royale, I just like quit. So, like, the first couple of games I was playing 3v3, I died and just quit. And everyone in my party was like, what would you do? And I was like, oh, shit, <laughs> we're still playing. <laughs> so they had to quit to the menu and we searched again. And so now every time we finish a round, everyone's like, don't quit, Steven. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but it still happened. And it's like, so trying to unlearn, like, hundreds of hours of, like, oh, I died, time to quit. Because, like, at this point, it's like, I don't even think about it. Like, I hit escape and then leave match. And it's, and, like, it's like, it's like a... I don't know, like something I don't even think about. And then, no, I get you. I, I know what you mean because, like, what I was getting mad about this week is how still on the PlayStation Five, if you hold down the fucking home button, it, it brings up that up, bar. It doesn't. It doesn't bring you up to a screen where you can quit right away, right? Uh, yep. Like, I know what you're talking about. Like holding it, it doesn't do anything technically. Mm-hmm. It's just it just brings up that bar because you pressed it. Mm-hmm. And I got mad, so I was like, "Fuck! You could do this on the Vita. <laughs> you could do this on the PS4. Like I was, do- I've been doing this for a decade. Yep. And they don't. I'm like, I remember one time Heather was trying to shut down the thing or or something like that, and she was just like, "How the fuck do I close a game?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yep. "It was like five steps." And I was like, "She was like, this is so stupid." I'm like, "Yep." 
Yeah. So if like, I don't even, you don't even have to quit. But so I understand what you mean by yeah. You know, you're just your brain is just used to doing something. Yeah. Because you've just been doing it. I don't know. It sounds like every day since 2018 or whatever that game came out. Essentially. So yeah. Anyway, Apex is. Uh, I like this new season a lot, and I like the new mode, and uh, the new hero is fun. But I'll play Caustic till I die. Alright, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. That's it for episode number 185 of the com podcast. Beefy one. This was like a steak. A this was. Dinner. Yeah. I, this was like uh, a I appreciate buffet. It. Like a, the Mandarin. Oh, man. Remember the Mandarin? Dude, buffet is like, after this, what are we... After this, gestures to everything. What are, buffet, <laughs> what are buffets going to be? They I are, don't know. That's the thing. They're renovating the Sobeys right across the street from me. And so they have this... Uh, like, it looks really nice. They're doing the them all over Nova Scotia. But um, they have the, like, you know, the front of every grocery store is, like, fresh food, like, meals you can buy right there. Like, they have the chickens, and they have, like, the buffet thing. The I noticed the buffet thing where, like, it's, like, a salad bar or something. The sneeze guard is, like, like almost on top of the food. Like, it's, like, <laughs> it's like, like a, a fucking f- riot shield. No, for real. It's, like, there's, like, a foot or two, <laughs> like, a foot and a bit where you can, like, put your hand through it. But it is the tightest sneeze guard i've ever seen to anything and it's like it's like sturdy like i i held it it's like almost like hockey board plexiglass like it is like very thick i was uh i was in the drive-thru for harvey's the other day because it's my mom it was my mom's birthday she wanted to do harvey's and uh, they have the window right like the sliding window Mm -hmm. but they put up a plexiglass like thin and it's like this tiny little window that she had to like squeeze her head through to like give me my drinks and stuff like that. I'm like, man, like, uh, I'm like, oh my God. Cause I, I don't think you te- like, I wear a mask when I go through the drive through or whatever, mm-hmm. cause it's just easier and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's better safe than sorry always. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, there's people who, who wouldn't, so they have to kind of protect the, the workers or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my God, this is, I hope, but anyways, I hope buffets come back. But if, but if not, you know, this podcast can be your buffet. So say la vie. Uh, <laughs> again, episode one eighty five. Thanks for listening. If you want to help us keep the site running, that is patreon.com slash Canadian Game Devs. Uh, we got four tiers you can back us at. All of them give you early access to the podcast and Discord perks. But if you back us at the five dollar tier or higher, we consider you accredited patron and we'll put your name at the end of every episode. Like these lovely folks. Thank you so much, Aaron McLeod, Canuck Play, David Winter, David Nagy, Daniel Miller, Eric Beer, check out thebotbook.com, Eleanor, Hanel, Gene Leggett, Jeff Shepstone, Jeffrey Canham, Kai Hutchins, Meow the Lion, Nicholas A. Zorko, Nav All from right. the Academy of Games, uh, Pixelnauts underscore Alex, Wishlist Rocket Rumble, Sean Hayden, and Stacey H. Also, Steve, I want to thank our new patrons uh, for this month. Let me grab their names here. Someone paid us in pounds because you could check that you could change the 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 oh, what the fuck am I trying to say here the, the currency. currency that you mm-hmm. pay in. I saw like someone contributed like one pound or something or whatever. That's awesome. Like, oh. Yeah, shout out to Boris Rabble, a new patron uh, at a dollar month. Thank you for your support, Boris. I hope you enjoy the podcast and enjoy a little community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do something off the Discord. I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> like right now on the VOD. Well, when you're done, do the do wrap up the pop, pop Patreon thing. <laughs> uh, that's all our patrons at the credit tier, so you can join them. Patreon.com/slash/KingGandos. Also, we'd love your feedback on Apple Podcasts. Drop us a review <laughs> if the service you use has review options. Drop us a review if not. Contact at KingGandos.com. Steve, I'll, uh, Aaron asked us a question because he mentioned he he heard me on the last episode like uh, some questions. So I, I will have oh, yeah. to get. There's two questions. We'll have to put those at the front of next show. Let's do those questions. All right. So we have a we have a Discord. It's mm-hmm. fifteen hundred people strong. It's good good scene. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a Stonks channel because I was just getting into stonks a lot. 
And uh, Dune Wolf wrote, today's the day Elon Musk goes on SNL. Will it be good or bad for Dodge? <laughs> Brend- Brendan wrote, there it is, the sentence I've hated reading the most in my whole life. <laughs> you know what, dude? Honestly, this SNL tonight's going to be really bad, but I'm excited to watch all the clips tomorrow and uh, enjoy in the public mockery of some of our... If there's one thing I think we can all agree is a core tenet of our democracy, it's being able to ridicule and mock the rich and powerful in our country and around the world. And I deeply appreciate that right and will fight to protect it. (laughs) Fight who? (laughs) Fight who? I don't know. Whenever uh, any authoritarian regime comes to power, the one thing they stamp out is uh, any sort of criticism or mockery of the the powers that be. So the minute they kicked down my door, like, hey, you tweeted Justin Trudeau in the blackface photo. And I was like, yes, yes, I did. And they're like, you're going to jail. I'm like, you'll have to shoot me in the head right here on my doorstep before you take me to jail for posting a tweet about our prime minister. And uh, that might be the last time you ever hear from me. Well, I think we're, we're still a little ways away from that a little bit uh, away. i'll watch i'll watch the snl a little bit i don't hate elon as much as as you do but um, the uh the preview... I, I, I just think he's a terrible host in general because he's not he's so robotic and not funny so i'm just like well, this isn't i just i i don't know i'll watch it just to watch it you know the same reason i'd watch a, a like a tire burst into flames but <laughs> the same reason people watch nascar is just to see something blow up yeah but yeah. that was good. Anyways, join the Discord. It's good. Join group. the Discord. I'll link that in the top of the show notes too. Lots of links down there. Scroll down. I put work into that, and I don't think a lot of people read it, or they do, and just don't tell me about it. But that works. Too. I think they do. I think. They I do. think they don't do. Anyways. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Uh, stay tuned for more interviews in the coming weeks. Follow us on Twitch. We should stream the Amber Nights demo, and uh, <coughs> lots of big plans for this year. Steve and I still want to get get going. We're trying. We're trying. Steve's got a child and a house and i've got no excuse so. <laughs> <laughs> uh goodbye this dude just really loved war the third quote is governments may think and say as they like, but force cannot be eliminated. And it is the only real unanswerable power. We are told that the pen is mightier than the sword, but I know which of these weapons I would choose. Uh, I don't like this guy anymore. Sounds like kind of a, kind of a freak.